All right, you are listening to the 2021 season finale of the Gaucho Night podcast for the 2021 season. And our guest today is head coach Andrew Checkets. Talk about the the final few weeks of the season, the regional summer ball, where we go from here. And then I do a little solo bit at the end, talk about the season accomplishments, uh, the great performances that the Gauchos had this year. And uh, we'll start it off with some regional highlights from Tucson. And uh, as always, Gaucho Nine Podcast is brought to you by our great friends from Kyle's Kitchen, proud, su- proud supporters of the podcast and baseball and UCSB athletics all season long. And then our friends at A Guy With A Truck Drunk Removal, call 805-689-1413. He has been very busy and business is a booming for junk removal. So uh, hit up Chase, A Guy With A Truck Junk Removal. So those are our two great sponsors who have been with us all year. And uh, all right, yeah, season finale of the Gaucho Nine Pod. We'll start off with some regional highlights, and we'll have Coach Tekets, and then my uh, solo bit at the end. All right, let's get to it. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He's at the track, he's at the wall, he leaps at the wall, and this one is out of here! Christian Kirtley! Gauchos are going to Omaha, can you believe it? John Newman wins it for the Gauchos. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell, he's going to score, and the Gauchos are the 2019 From High Corbett Field, in Tucson, Arizona, this is the Tucson Regional here on UCSBGauchos.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kevin Cannon, alongside my partner Spencer Stewart for Game 1 of this NCAA Regional here in the desert. It's the UCSB Gauchos and the Oklahoma State Cowboys out of the Big 12 Conference. So excited to be here with you, and thank you so much for tuning in. We will be here today and tomorrow and hopefully Sunday, maybe Monday, here from the desert uh, at High Corbett Field as uh, the Arizona Wildcats play host to UCSB, Oklahoma State, and the Grand Canyon Antelopes out of the Western Athletic Conference. Or I just have lots of things to say. To, <laughs> we do have a lot of things to, to say. <laughs> to set this table for, for this contest today. 2-0 pitch is lined into right field. Over is Cabanis. It's up over his head. Marco slips and falls, so he's going to settle for a single. But the Gauchos take a one nothing lead on, you know it, a Marcos Castanon two-out hit. And that's a big run for the confidence of this squad as they stay rolling with the bats against Campbell. Sprinkle 0 for 2, and it's a hit and run here, swing and a miss. O'Connor slides in safely to third base, double steal for the Gauchos. Yeah. And Campbell went off speed there. He did. And it's a tough throw for Mathis over the right-handed batter. Well, you know, I think that could have been a little bit of a heads-up read from O'Connor because yeah. if you can if you can see into the pitcher's glove there and you get one quick tell on it and you see that he's going with an off-speed grip, that's the pitch you want to steal on. And Campbell is by far the best pitcher in, uh, for the Oklahoma State staff in terms of holding runners on, and McLean got an incredible jump there. That's a big 90 feet for both McLean and Gianni. 0-2. Fastball swung on and missed. Three pitches, three strikes to Cabanis. And Rodney... <laughs> 
Did you hear that? I like whoever that was. I want to be friends with that person. Good chatter. Love that. Very efficient indeed. I think it would be more efficient if it was one pitch, one out, but uh, I'll take a one, two, three punchy. Yeah. I mean, that's the fastest way to get a strikeout. Isn't it? One, two. Off speed, hit in the air, shallow right, coming in, Cabanis still coming in, and he reaches out and makes the catch. That one, as we saw, is here's the ball gets through all the cutoff guys wow. up over the Gaucho dugout. Wow. That one, Gauchos were at the bags. Cabanis airmailing one over Golda. Is that a two base error? It's a two base error. It, it, so it hit the netting. It didn't go into the dugout. It hit the netting and then fell down. If it goes and hits the nettings, that's two. Wow. An RBI for Jason Wolf. <laughs> that makes it 4-2. So Cabanus sails it through Golda. It went through Encarnacion Strand, and it went through Campbell, the pitcher, the security blanket, up over the Gaucho dugout. A gift from the Cowboys makes it 4-2 for UCSB. And just Marcos at second base bluffing yeah. induced that throw. So there's one out, and the infield is in. 0-2 pitch is swung on a miss on a ball in the dirt. Bloom will clean things up, throw into first. Rodney Boone has retired six in a row. He gets two strikeouts here in the fifth inning. A shutdown inning after the Gaucho score twice. He's got eight strikeouts through five. And we'll go to the sixth. Gaucho's five, Cowboys two here on UCSBGauchos.com. I might get a little sun on this side of the box. It's, uh -oh. creep, it's creeping in Did on me. Did you bring your sunscreen for your inside sunscreen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's back here. Yep. <laughs> Nothing in two with Cummings at first. And Marcos drives this to left center. This is going to get down for extra bases. It's going to roll all the way to the warning track. Cummings being raved around third base. Here comes the relay. It's cut off. RBI double casting on. Gauchos have a seven spot and lead it by five. And Marcos with three hits and two ribbies, making his presence felt once again. But the Gauchos, one in the top, two in the top of the fourth, two in the top of the fifth, and two here in the top of the sixth. Be nice to switch it up and put up a three, right? Score more as you go on. There goes Willow. And it's pulled into left field, a base hit. A breaking pitch by Campbell. Willow goes first to third. RBI single, O'Connor makes it 8-2. So what, down 0-2? No big deal. Well, Campbell goes back to the breaking pitch. Caught too much plate. And O'Connor, a clean single to left. And because Willow was on the move, he easily makes it to third in front of McCusker. And the Gauchos do have a three spot here in the sixth inning and lead it by six. But so far, all the hosts that have played have won. Here's a swing and a foul tip. Bloom holds on. And Mathis is down on strikes here in the seventh. That is nine strikeouts for Rodney Boone, bringing his season total to 126. What's the number And he's chasing? Might have passed it. I think we might have missed that. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so Rodney has set a new single-season strikeout record. And he did that back in the fifth inning. <laughs> he passed he passed Yokobitis, who had 124. And so Rodney now has 126 as he misses in here to Alex Garcia, not the former Gaucho Alex Garcia, but a right-handed batter. So congratulations, Rodney Boone.
New single season strikeout record, 126. And counting. And counting. Passing Daniel Kabaitis, who set that in 1983. This is fouled back. A ball and two strikes to Max Hewitt. Defense straight up, O'Connor on the edge of the outfield grass. And a breaking ball is swung on and missed. Boone pounds his chest as he walks towards the third base dugout with 10 strikeouts through seven innings. And the Gauchos continue to lead 8-3 as we move to the eighth here on UCSBGauchos.com. Well done, Rodney Boone. Two balls, two strikes, the pitch. Off-speed is banged to left field. This is it deep. McCusker is going to turn and watch it fly. A solo homer for Castanon. Have a day in the postseason, Marcos. Four for five. Three RBIs and his eighth home run of the season. He did not miss that off-speed. And his first pitch is hit right back to him. He's going to go to second for one. The turn to first, a double play. Talk about efficiency, Spencer. That's that's what I'm talking about. I love it. And uh, Kate Cavanis, he's had better days as he bounces into the 1-6-3 double play. And Benbrook throws one pitch. A bad off-speed pitch. 1-2 <laughs> pitch. This is in the dirt. Kicks away from Ang. Bounces out towards home plate. Roberts covering. He's going to tag out McLean. <laughs> Every bounce going the Gaucho's way as McLean is out at home plate. And that was the new catcher, Mason Eng. Well, it, First action, and he makes the play to Roberts. We get a look at it on the, the replay board in left field. Great job between catcher and pitcher there to get McLean. And there's two down. Two balls, two strikes to Salinas Jr. And he swings and misses at a ball in the dirt. Ang tags him out. And UC Santa Barbara defeats Oklahoma State 14-4 here in game one of the Tucson Regional. They move to the winner's bracket and will play in the winner's bracket game tomorrow night. And it's a winner's bracket contest between the UCSB Gauchos, the three seed here in Tucson, and the host and the five national seed, the Arizona Wildcats, out of the Pac-12 conference. <laughs> Very unorthodox single. Two balls and two strikes to Otremba. The pitch is a breaking ball chopped to short. Sprinkle goes to second for one. The turn to first. You betcha. A double play. 6-4-3. Turned by the Gauchos. And McGreevy picks up his first baseman, Johnson. Let's see if they're going to go to replay. I don't think so. There is a time limit on when you can make the decision. But that closes out the Wildcats in the top of the second inning. Very nicely done by McGreevy getting the 6-4-3 double play. We'll go to the last of the second. 1-0 Cats. Who is next up? Got to put him away. No balls, two strikes here to McClary. Runners with their leads. And the two-strike pitch is a breaking ball swung on and missed. Eng tags out McClary. And McGreevy strands runners at second and third. And he keeps the Gaucho deficit at two as we head to the last of the fourth. Two big punch-outs of Otremba and McClary here to get the Gauchos out of the fourth. Never looked out of rhythm. 2-1 is rolled on the ground. Diving stop, O'Connor from his knees. He throws to first and a fine stretch by Johnson. Wow. Highlight real play by McLean O'Connor in the hole at second base. One ball and two strikes. 
Infield is shaded up the middle, double play depth. Cummings playing off the line at third. Outfielders shaded towards right center are Willow and Rodriguez. Currently is deep. Here's a one-two pitch. Ground ball to short. Sprinkle to O'Connor. The turn to first, 6-4-3. And yes, sir, Michael McGreevy gets the double play ball and puts up a zero in the top of the sixth inning. After allowing two singles to start the frame, he is through six, having allowed just two runs and seven hits and making big pitches in big spots. We'll go to the last of the sixth. Gauchos, Gauchos need a run. Yes, they do. Or two or three. <laughs> we'll be back. It's Elimination Sunday in the NCAA tournament, and the Gauchos will do battle with the Oklahoma State Cowboys, a rematch of the opening game on Friday of this regional. Two and two now to Rodriguez. And he lines it back up the middle, a base hit. Here comes Cummings rounding third. He's going to come in to score as the throw sails up the line. Zach Rodriguez, RBI single. Gauchos take a 1-0 lead. Well, that was a really good at-bat from Rodriguez. He had the chance to execute on a hit and run, spoiled it foul, took a couple good takes in the dirt. Cummings with an incredible ball and dirt read to extend into, into scoring position. High fives all around for the Gauchos as Zach Rodriguez tattooed that ball right back up the middle. Great piece of hit and stand short to a fastball low and away. Two balls and two strikes to Castanon. And he bangs this into left center. This is going to be it down for extra bases as it one-hops the wall. This is going to clear them all. Bloom scores. Sprinkle scores. Cummings scores. There's your big hit. Castanon has having a huge regional as he clears them with a double to left center. Gounces with four runs here in the second. It's 6-0. And this is swung on a miss. Tranquil chased a high fastball as we get a big cloud of dust rolling through the ballpark from right, left get center. Get the guys off Here the field, go. <laughs> a miniature dust storm. But how about that? A shutdown 1-2-3 inning for Corey Lewis. Here it comes again. Oh Look at this. Oh, my goodness. It is whipping. It is a desert sandstorm. Nice. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. I'm taking a photograph. Yeah, go, go, go. Wow, <laughs> this is insane all across the field. What do we got, a tornado coming through? I don't think there's any tornado warning. Look at the parents. They're all hunkering down. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. We're supposed to go to break, but this is some action. Oh, my gosh. Good take there from Marcos. Yeah, head in the count, 2-1, the pitch. It's lined down the right field line. Cabanis is not going to get this one. It's up against the wall. Marcos heading to second base. He's going to coast in with an RBI double. Two more runs come across. Castanon has driven in 10 runs against the Cowboys, and the Gauchos lead it 10-0 here in the third. Have a weekend, Mr. Castanon. This is the guy you want to get if you're Corey Lewis. An exclamation point to end a... A nice day. The payoff pitch to Encarnacion Strand is a fastball hit to third. Cummings has got it. Shuffles his feet. The strong throw across. Corey Lewis is through eight innings, having allowed just one run and four hits against Oklahoma State here in this elimination game. And he throws uh, 126 pitches to do it. That is a huge, huge effort by the redshirt freshman. And he gets Encarnacion Strands right there. 
to end the top of the eighth. Last of the eighth coming up. Gaucho is still leading 12-1. This is the regional final of the Tucson Regional. The UCSB Gauchos and the Arizona Wildcats, the hosts and the number five overall seed of the NCAA tournament. Gauchos 13-3 winners this afternoon, eliminating Oklahoma State in a convincing victory. 3-1 the count. Here's the pitch. Offspeed hit on the ground to short. Sprinkles got it. And he throws to first. Side retired. And J.D. Callahan works around a leadoff walk and a runner at third base with less than two outs as he works through Barry Bossier and Susak. And the Cats come up empty. That's a big pitch early in this game. And we'll go to the second. No score. Long hold. Couple checks on Bloom. Here's the pitch. And Cummings lines one into right center, a base hit. That's going to score Bloom from second base, and that makes it 2-1. Well, Kev, you called it. That is such an important run, especially because the call was overturned. Cole Cummings stepped up in a big spot, put it right back up the middle, just as he did in his first at-bat. This time he's got an RBI after Jordan Sprinkle was able to move Gianni 90 feet. Stanford batting with runners at the corners. 2-0 pitch, and Bossier grounds this one to second. O'Connor scoops it up, gathers, and throws to first. And Callahan works around a one-out walk. Strands Williams at second base. It's two strikeouts in the inning. He's through five innings, having allowed just two runs and four hits. And the Gauchos are still within one, going to the sixth inning. I mean, like, you can't even see Rodriguez in right field. <laughs> it's like so far away. 1-2 pitch, slider swung on and missed. Dan comes in, strikes out Susak for out number two. That was a really good slider there, too. He'd just gotten him to back off the plate with one, and then he goes away with the same pitch. That's pretty good execution under pressure for Dan. And a valiant effort by UC Santa Barbara tonight. Comes to an end and a 5-2 defeat. An outstanding season in 2021. I cannot speak higher of the young men that were involved in this great season that ends here in Tucson tonight as the, uh, the Wildcats shake hands, the coaches shake hands. All right, my guest for the season finale, the 2021 season finale, is none other than the head coach of the Gauchos, Andrew Chekets. Have you had a chance to catch your breath after the season ended? Because we're recording this two weeks after the season ended, and it seems like you maybe we were able to catch your breath this past weekend, but it's been busy since the Gauchos came home. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had a couple days, Father's Day weekend. There's, there's a new NCAA um, recruiting calendar that, doesn't allow us to be on the road the day the opening weekend of the world series which, which coincides with father's day so right. i had i was able to get off the road and get home but um you know pretty much after arizona in fact we we landed in uh santa barbara on monday and i was back on a on a train down south to uh, orange county monday night and was was gone for about seven days and then made a pit stop for a day and then back up to Northern California and then got back uh, in time for that, that weekend. Um, 
so yeah, it's been a it's been a mad scramble. And the fish don't jump in the boat, so recruiting's opened back up again. So it's been it's been pretty pretty chaotic. Well, yeah, well, recruiting back open, which is which is good, it means that things are returning to normal. But it also means that it's back to busy schedule for for you and the the assistant coaches. And how many cities have you been to since the season ended? Because I've heard, I've heard Stockton, Fresno, San Diego, like you've been all over the place. Yeah, I kind of I kind of head coach it, so I haven't had to go to Arizona yet. Um, I for some some reason I just my itinerary has never ended up in Arizona. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Coach Fontino and Coach Jones have uh, have been out there. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I did Stockton, Sacramento, Orange County twice, San Diego right now, back to Orange County. Um, so kind of going back and forth between a lot, a lot of those cities, you know, Coach Fontino and Jones have been all over the place. Coach Jones got, got up to Alaska even. Um, yeah, I heard. So yeah, yeah. He got a little Alaska trip, so I, I didn't bring back any fish. So, but that's too bad. I, salmon <laughs> is it salmon season right now? So, but he was, I, think, I think so. Yeah, and he was in he was in Seattle too. So you send he's a Pacific Northwest guy, so he can cover that region. Well, he fits in with the beard. He looks the part. Yeah, you know, exactly. Looks, looks, looks native. <laughs> well, let's see. So last podcast of the season, I don't really know where to begin other than just. I mean, I I thought it was a a hell of a year. I thought it was a great year. I thought it was a really fun year. It was a really rewarding year. And what a way to finish out in a regional final. I mean, obviously you want to win the last game of the year, but with everything that Gauchos went through this year, I mean, you can say the same for, for most of the teams in NCAA this year, but I had a smile on my face the whole weekend. I was stoked to go to a regional course and being with you for all 10 years, so that's five regionals in the last eight seasons and also 40 wins for the fourth time since uh, 2015. So those were, I think, the two big accomplishments and, of course, your 300th win as a head coach this year. So those are, like, the big things. But there are so many little things that were great, and I just I kind of want to get your overall general impression of the season now that we can look back on it and uh, remember all the great things that happened. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was a good year. The kids did a great job and, and you're right. I think everybody, a lot of schools were dealing with different challenges, but you know, I think everybody's trying to navigate through, you know, all of the, all of the stuff, the, the COVID protocols, the, how that adjusted, you know, practices to ramping guys up, people dealing with injuries, you know. So, I mean, a lot of challenges across the board for, you know, all all the teams uh, in the country. But, um, you know, we've talked about this before as well. And I think, you know, we really have to, you know, tip our cap to our administrators for, you know, all that they did to, you know, to get us out there. And if you look at our, our whole department, um all of the teams in our department, you know, it was a, it was a banner year. I think we had, you know, I don't know. I can't remember how many conference champions we had. And we had a number of postseason um, teams that played in the postseason. And, you know, I think it may have been the, 
you know, one of the most successful um, years for the, the department. But and I think the one of the main reasons is because of all the work the administrators did to be able to get us on the on the practice and playing field. Our teams were able to train um, more than some other teams were. Our teams were able to practice more than some other teams were. And I think I think that showed up in the win-loss column. Um, so I think a lot of credit goes to, to our admins and to you know, Tom and John and Kelly and the, the training room and, and Luke and the, the, the weight room. And, you know, I mean, our, our, our strength coach was <laughs> setting up a weight room every day, you know, uh, in a, in a parking yeah. lot to make stuff happen. And, um, the amount of COVID tests that our, our training staff had to, to, uh, administer, um, throughout the year was it, it was just you know that we owe we owe them a lot i think a lot of, a lot of the credit uh, and the successes uh on the field and and on the courts for for the gouches this year you know you can point directly to the support that that we had um so i, I our our kids did you know a good job and i think you know we didn't have a positive covid test um on our team on our team whether that was um, a player or staff member once we, you know, once we started team practice, we had some issues when we sent the guys home and they came back. And, um, but once we got the clearance to practice, you know, we went, we went the remainder of the year without a single test, positive test. And I, you know, that's not easy to do. Um, you know, I think the, so the guys were really disciplined about, you know, the COVID protocols and, and, um, you know, that allowed us to know we didn't miss it. We didn't miss a single game and you know, we didn't miss practice. And, um, and I think, I think the guys got rewarded, you know, on the scoreboard for that. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I thought they, the, the guys said, well, if you told me at the beginning of the year that our, our Friday starter and uh, our starting shortstop and starting second baseman, we're going to be out uh, the majority of the year and we were going to still win 40 games. I don't know if I would have believed that. Um, so a lot of guys stepped up and, you know, filled roles and, you know, Jordan Sprinkle and, and Zach Rodriguez in particular got, you know, thrown in there as freshmen and, and performed extremely well and didn't come out of the lineup the rest of the year. And um, then, you know, the guys that, that, that did a nice job on the, the pitching staff and Carter ben, Benbrook and, you know, all the slack he picked up out of the bullpen and played four game weekends. And, and then Corey Lewis being a, you know, a really, really solid um, third starter for us and, so some guys, some guys stepped up and we had some moments during the year where it, it looked like it was going to go sideways on us after that Irvine, uh, UCLA, uh, stretch. And, you know, our guys, you know, looked like they were, they were left for dead. And, um, at that point that the going to the postseason was maybe going to be a stretch and, and they, they were able to reset and get going and, you know, win, win eight straight games, which is, hard to do regardless of who you're playing or where you're playing them. And, um, and then I, I, you know, I thought they represented us well in the, in the postseason and, and played like a, a regional caliber team. Yeah. Covered, covered a lot there. I just, I think the number, if I can throw some numbers at you for COVID tests that the department administrated, I think Emma said it was somewhere over 10,000 throughout the year total, uh, which is a lot to say the least. And then I know men's basketball, men's and women's tennis, Big West champs. So they went to regionals or postseason. And I know track and field had 
some athletes in regionals and in some kind of regional finals, whatever they do in track. And then, of course, uh, baseball making it to regional. So big year for the department overall, all things considered. And that was without having a, a fall season for the fall sports. So we're going to welcome back the fall sports here in a couple months. Looking forward to that. But let's can we talk a little bit about the end of the season and then the regional because you touched on it at the end. Getting Marcos back and McLean back for those last couple weeks. I mean, Marcos made an impact right away. I, mean, I think he got he had two hits his first game, something like that. He homered his second game, and then of course he had the huge regional. Big reason why the Gauchos won those games against Oklahoma State. But what was the mindset after the UCLA series, where you you feel like you have your backs against the wall? And you need to win out, essentially. That was kind of the feeling, or at least go 7-1 and one to try and post your best resume for a regional. Like, what was the mindset going into those? Because God just made some changes in practice, and the approach was a little bit different, and they looked like a different team those last eight games. And then I think they played their most complete game of the year on that uh, the Friday game against Oklahoma State because it was a different team. And I think getting McLean back and Marcos back were, were big parts of that as far as filling out the lineup. But I thought the defense was sensational. I thought the, uh, the team at bats were great. The bullpen had moments and starting pitching was phenomenal. They really put it all together, but was there something that changed as far as the preparation and the approach during the games during those last three weeks of the season? Yeah. You know, we did, we made some adjustments even going into the UCLA weekend um, and felt like we had, you know, at least I I did. I felt like we needed to tighten the screws uh, on the guys a little bit. We were a little sloppier than I would expect. Um, maybe weren't embracing some of the challenges head on. Um, and so, you know, the coaching staff, we we uh, we put more pressure on them. You know, the, the practices were more difficult. They were more challenging. Uh, we were asking them to embrace those challenges and embrace the hard things and be willing to take some of those things on, whether that was, you know, challenging batting practice up the machines or <clears throat> some of the team defense stuff that we adjusted. And, you know, I think initially there was a little bit of a pushback of, you know, why are we panicking here? And, um, and I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a panic. It was, you know, here we are, we got our backs up against the wall and, you know, we can, we can either roll over and finger point and feel sorry for ourselves and back away from it, or we can, take it head on and, and get used to handling hard stuff and, and challenge ourselves more during practice so that, you know, when, when things don't go our way in the game, we handle them better. Cause I didn't feel like we were, <clears throat> we were rising to the occasion and we were handling some of, some of those challenges. So um, yeah, we made some of those adjustments it took a little while for the guys to, you know, adjust to that on a daily basis, but eventually, you know, through, you know, some of those, some of those moments, I think they embraced it. And, and then, and we started playing better. We started playing with a higher level of concentration. We started playing with a little bit more intensity. We started playing with, you know, being focused on more of the right stuff at the right time. And, um, and you know, the performance improved. So you know, going into that Riverside weekend, we put on a clinic in the infield. Um, and that was, that was my, maybe one of the best weekends defensively uh, from an in, infield performance perspective that I've uh, I've seen uh, in the 10 years that I've been here I mean it was 
Cole Cummings and Sprinkle and and McLean and KJ was at first and um, you know he's a vacuum over there and I mean those guys were were impressive and you know didn't give in you know when the when the momentum changed um, from the mound at times we were able to take away hits and make great plays and you know I think uh, I think that was a turning key tor- turning point there and then when you insert Marcos in last weekend and the lineup gets a lot a lot harder to get through. Um, you know, that was, that was a big deal. You know, he, he helped carry us offensively that last weekend against Bakersfield. You know, the, the lineup was the top lineup was already tough, but man, it, it got, it, it got a lot tougher when mm-hmm. you get to get through sprinkle Cummings, Rodriguez, Castanon, Mortensen. Um, you know, by the time you get through those guys, you're, you're gassed. It's a lot of pressure pitches. And now you get to, you know, Willow and McLean who are swinging the bat better and KJ who was taking good at bats and maybe not always getting rewarded, but you know, was, people had to work to get them, get them out. And so it was, you know, lineup got, lineup got much, much longer. Um, you know, that last, that last weekend then heading into the regionals. Yeah. And then you get to, to Arizona. It was, it was hot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it affected you, but it was, it was definitely warm. And, and an adjustment and that that stadium is so big the the outfield and, and just the, the way the foul territory plays by the I, I thought the gauchos they they really took it by the horns uh, especially in that first game because Oklahoma State rolls in they got a, a big offense and they have have name brands and their coaching staff and uh, the gauchos played their game and I, Rodney was sensational and then in that elimination game that was probably one of the top performances of the year Corey lewis eight innings one hit or uh, one run I mean, he was spectacular and i was a little worried going into that game because that the, maybe that the hangover effect from the the lost arizona the night before and it's a quick turnaround and oklahoma state just had you know they took a big loss to the gauchos on friday but man it was all gauchos, and I, 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 both of those games were really fun to call because it was this gaucho baseball in a nutshell. And despite the elements, and despite the season being on the line, they came out and performed and put themselves in good positions against uh, the Wildcats on that Sunday night. I think they had ten hits, and we had, we had plenty of chances to score, just couldn't get that big hit, but. It was a uh, when I was walking out of the stadium, I was a, a happy person. I don't know, I know coaches take it differently, but I felt like if we had lost that Oklahoma State game, it would have been a different feeling leaving the yard versus losing to the Ari- losing Arizona at the end. I don't know if your thoughts mirror mine, but it felt like they gave it their all at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean we. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. We played well on Friday against Oklahoma State. You know, really c- contrasting styles of play, um, yes. which favored us, I think. You know, based on you know rod throwing and them being a, a, a hyper aggressive offense, it was you know tries to get the ball in the air and get it out of the ballpark. And, you know, that's rod rod handles those those teams pretty well with his ability to pitch north south and cross count and 
Um, so that was that was a good matchup for us. And then, you know, offensively, we're you know just really a, a different style of we we play a different style of offense than you know I think Oklahoma State was accustomed to um, just based on the different different conferences. And so we were able to put pressure on them a lot, and um, our guys did a nice nice job offensively. And um, you know, I thought when, I thought the Arizona game. Um, we played to the moment too much. It was, you know, we were, we were a little tight. We, we didn't adjust offensively. Kind of, I felt like we took a lot of the same at bats over and over and over again, not taking anything away from their guy who did a fantastic job, but, um, felt like we didn't adjust a lot and there's, you, you could feel the guys pressing. And so, yeah, I was, I was pleased that the way that we bounced back on, that that next game against Oklahoma State, and you know, started with Corey on the mound being in control and not giving them an inch, and, and the offense continued to do uh, do their thing. I, we had our chances in the last game, and I, you know, I really wanted to get to Monday. Um, so so know, did we, I. I was excited to see what might have happened on Monday because <laughs> yeah, like McGreevy Boone, like I was starting to mull around situations in my head if those guys were going to try and pitch. Uh, in a winner take all game. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know if I would have done it. Um, you know, McGreevy, I think was, you know, ready to go. Booney takes a little more to bounce back, so I don't know if he was quite as ready to go. But um, that's a tough decision with, you know, those guys that have pro careers, and you know, in particular with McGreevy, that's, you know, probably going to sign for two or three million dollars uh, here. You know, don't want to hurt him for a regional game. Um, you know, and he he had less he had less uh, rest than Rod did. Um, you know, throwing the day after, so th- those would have been some tough decisions um, at that point. But you know, really wanted really wanted to get there. And even you know, even after we lost on Sunday, I I didn't do a very good job with kind of the you know the the wrap up with the team and you know getting a chance to really hug it out with the guys down the line and you know they they had their opportunity but i just i, sure. I was having a hard, hard time i was so planning on playing the next day I, and it wasn't you know it wasn't this major disappointment or being pissed it was just being in game mode and compete mode and being focused on on the, the process in the game like I, I just it didn't really hit me that hey the season was over we'd right. spent so much time preparing and planning and um when you, you had confidence in your team i think that's one of the big things is you had enough confidence in your team to expect that we were going to play on monday right and that's how you approach the game on sunday it's like all right we're going to be playing tomorrow like i'm confident in this group so at the end of the day you're like well i'm still confident in these guys and it, it feels like we should be playing tomorrow even though we're not yeah, and we had our chances on Sunday. You know, we we pressed a little bit. You know, I thought both Arizona games we pressed a little bit. We ran ourselves, you know, out of an inning. We had a, I think we had a missed missed sign early. If I have the games correct, I, mean, that might, I can't remember if that was Sunday or the first game, but um, I know we had a couple of base running mistakes, which is, you know, uncharacteristic of of our offense. Um, we had a couple at bats, some execution stuff that we didn't execute, which is fairly uncharacteristic. And 
Um, and then, you know, Marcos, Marcos was up, we had him up in a lot of the right spots, you know, I mean, yeah. we had him up with runners in scoring position and we, we could get that big hit. Um, and, you know, they did a nice job against him, but, um, we had, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of chances that, that game and, and, and got hits and probably left Callahan in too long. Um, you know, at that point, he'd thrown the ball pretty well, but before they, you know, he gave it that two run homer and that's uh, when that was in the seventh when he was up over 100 pitches. And part of that was he was throwing the ball pretty well. Part of that was yeah. planning on playing, planning on playing the next day and trying to, you know, you're trying to win the whole tournament. You're not just trying to win that game. And so trying to conserve a couple arms for the, for the following day. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the guys battled and, you know, they, they represented our, our school and program well by how they competed and how they went about their business. And they had a, they had a, a fantastic year. So anytime you win 40, 40 plus games on the West coast, I think that's a, a really good year. Yeah. So 40 wins for the fourth time since 2015, fifth regional in the last eight years, lots of, uh, Lots of great things to talk about this year. Just just to finish off real quick, the looking forward to the summer draft on uh, is after the World Series in July, and uh, McGreevy's been getting some press. He was on the MLB.com first round projection going to Cleveland of all places. Well, that'd be so cool. That would be pretty awesome. So we already got Shane Bieber and, and Kyle Nelson there, of course. So. A draft coming up and, and guys are out playing summer ball. Summer ball's back uh, in in pretty much full swing uh, across the nation. Uh, Jordan Sprinkle getting the Team USA nod. I think he's in the Cape right now first before he goes to to Team USA. I think Cole Cummings is out there in the Cape as well getting ready for the draft. And I don't know, there's, there's lots of great things to look forward to in the summer. So I'm, we'll check in on on draft after that happens and then we'll probably do a summer ball check-in but uh lots of stuff to look forward to this summer right yeah yeah we're we're but you know like like i said earlier we're back on the road recruiting which hasn't happened because of the pandemic in a while and um getting an opportunity to see see some of the kids that have been committed to us for two years and we haven't seen in a long time and then follow you know following those guys that are out in summer ball we'll get a number of guys that are in summer school or, or rehabbing some, some injuries that aren't going to get a chance to go out. But, um, so far, some of the guys that have gone out have started off hot and <clears throat> have been playing well so far. And so, um, yeah, looking forward to tracking those guys and then you know, continuing to, you know, finalize roster stuff for, for next year. And then, you know, recruiting the, the next couple classes uh, as well. We're always usually recruiting three classes at a time and, so, um, but we're looking forward to the summer and, um, looking forward to seeing how our guys continue to develop. The baseball rolls on the baseball ball or whatever you want to call it. It rolls on. So, uh, checks. Thanks for the time. I'm sure I'll see plenty of you this summer at the ballpark. Hopefully we're going some green grass. Hopefully we're getting turf <laughs> soon in certain spots. Uh, I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, so this, this is the last installment for the 2021 season. We had, uh, lots of fun on this podcast this year. 
And uh, there will be more to come. They just won't be as frequent, at least for the summer until we start up in the fall. But we'll definitely do a draft check-in and a summer ball check-in before we come back uh, for the fall and maybe catch some more uh, some interviews. But uh, good luck on the road. Get some new gauchos, some future gauchos, and um, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. All right. That's Coach Chuggets. All right, so spent the last two weeks decompressing, reminiscing, clearing my head, and thinking about this great season that the Gauchos had. And for this last segment of the podcast, I decided to do a, a solo effort. So it's just going to be me for this last, I don't know, five, ten minutes. I uh, want to thank Coach Chegetz for uh, a great season. I want to thank the Gauchos for a great season. I want to thank uh, David and Spencer, who have spent a lot of time with over the course of the year uh, for a great season and, and a lot of fun on this podcast, uh, and everybody else who is involved in this year. It was really a spectacular and rewarding season. I, I thought that 2019, raising the trophy at Caesar Wasaka Stadium on the last day of the year, as champions, I'm not sure if I was going to top that after going to the College World Series in 2016, being in Louisville at the Grand Slam game, calling it on the radio, being on the field afterwards, being at TD Ameritrade. I don't know if I would be able to top that. And even though we didn't win a Big West championship, we didn't go to Omaha, but there was something special about this year. And I think it was just because of the the sacrifices that everybody made throughout the season. The players, the coaches, the staff, the administrators, the athletic trainers, the people working on campus, the field guys, Rick, Chris, everybody who was involved. So many sacrifices made. And we felt great after finishing a fall season without any incidents, and then we come back in the spring, play 61 games, win 41 of them, go to the postseason for the fifth time in eight years. I don't know, there's just something special about it. And for those that were involved, I think you feel the same way. And for those that listened and watched throughout the season and were able to come to games, kind of feel the same way. It was a special year. It really was, considering everything that had happened in the year before, where we were when we started, and where we wound up when we finished. So thank you for a great season, fans, gauchos, coaches, and thank you for listening to this podcast throughout the year. It's been an absolute blast to have the podcast to coincide with the season, all the things that happened, all the great accomplishments all the tremendous performances, the ups and the downs, the uncertainty, the excitement. It was great. So to finish off, I want to roll through the regional review, performances of the year, and this season's accomplishments. And there were a lot. 
So Gauchos go two and two of the Tucson Regional. They make it to the regional final. They eliminate Oklahoma State. Two dominating performances. Really dominating performances. I think it was the best baseball that the Gauchos have played all season long in those two games against the Cowboys. Just unstoppable offense, super dynamic, tremendous performances on the mound by Rodney Boone and Corey Lewis. It was fun to watch. It was fun to call on the radio. And you had a lot of confidence going into those games against Arizona when you see the Gauchos perform like that. And give credit to Arizona. They played well. They were the better team, and they wind up winning the regional. But second regional final under Coach Checkets. Of course, they won the uh, Nashville regional final in 2016. What a gr- Marcos Castanon, 10 RBIs, 9 for 18 in the regional. Three doubles, a homer, 10 RBIs. He was named all-regional team. So was Rodney Boone in his win against the Cowboys. Seven and a third, 11 Ks, allowed just two runs. And you got to tip your cap to Corey Lewis as well because he kept the pen alive for that fourth game on Sunday. Eight innings, one run through 120-plus pitches. Absolute gutty performance from Corey Lewis. And they were exciting games. They were exciting games. Garrett Irvin pitched well on Saturday night, shutting out the Gauchos. And, and UCSB had chances against Arizona on that Sunday. They had 10 hits. They got some freebies. Just couldn't get the big hit. Just couldn't get the big hit. And it ended a great season for the Gauchos. So year in review, 41-20. and 20. So let's see. We'll do season accomplishments first since I'm starting with this. So 41-20, and 40-plus wins for the fourth time since 2015. It's the fifth regional in the last eight seasons. Coach Chegets won his 300th game back in March against Cal State Fullerton. The Gauchos set a program record. Set a program record for strikeouts in the season, surpassing the mark that was set in 2019. 507 strikeouts in 2019. Gauchos struck out the pitching staff, struck out 619 batters this year. 600. And 19. So they set that mark and ran away with it. At the end of the year, the Gauchos were top 30 in team ERA. They were top 20 in runs scored. They were tied for fifth in the land in sacrifice flies. They were top 15 in stolen bases. And they were top 30 in strikeout to walk ratio. So they were doing it all as a team on both sides of the baseball. Rodney Boone finished 27th in ERA, 2.31, and he was tied for 6th with 11 wins. Rodney Boone was also tied for 10th in the nation with 128 strikeouts. We'll get to the 128 in a second. McGreevy was 28th nationally with 115 strikeouts. McGreevy was 2nd in the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio, 10.45 strikeouts per each walk. That's pretty good. McGreevy had 15 strikeouts against Cal Poly. He was became the fourth Gaucho pitcher to record 15 strikeouts in a single game. Cole Cummings set a single game record 
against UC San Diego with five walks back in April. And Roddy Boone, he that 128 was a single-season strikeout record. He passed Daniel Cabitis, who set the record in 1983. He had 124, so Rodney bests that by four strikeouts. Gauchos had three outright All-Americans by uh, named by Collegiate Baseball Newspaper. Rodney Boone, second team. Michael McGreevy and Jordan Sprinkle were third team All-Americans. And then the ABCA and Rawlings, they do an all-West region team, so they break up the country into different regions and pick region teams. Rodney Boone was a first-teamer for the West region. Michael McGreevy and Marcos Castanon were second-teamers. And the Gauchos dominated the All-Big West Awards. Jordan Sprinkle, as we know, co-freshman field player of the year. And Ronnie Boone was the co-pitcher of the year in the conference. Jordan Sprinkle, Cole Cummings, Zach Rodriguez, Rod Boone, Michael McGreevy, and Carter Benbrook. That's six Gauchos, all named first-team All-Big West. Christian Kirtley and Brock Mortensen were second-team All-Big West. And Marcos Castanon, Jason Willow, and Corey Lewis were named honorable mention Big West Conference Okay, so those are season accomplishments. I mean, so many heroes, so many great things that were done as a team and individually. So let's let's pick out some of the individual performances. And we'll start in Hawaii on April 2nd. Michael McGreevy, complete game shutout, the first of his career. Three hits, no walks, 10 strikeouts. An absolute gem on Friday night against the Rainbow Warriors against a great counterpart, Aaron Davenport. That was a really fun game and a really quick game uh, that wasn't televised. So if you heard it, uh, you were one of very few who witnessed that game. Uh, But Michael was brilliant. Uh, Of course, the Cummings five walks April 16th, UCSB single game record. In that same series against UC San Diego, Jordan Sprinkle busted out and was four for four with two home runs and six RBIs on April 17th. And those two home runs and six ribbies came in back-to-back at-bats at the end of the game uh, in a, I think it was a 15-5 to win for the Gauchos, who scored 15 runs in each of the first three games of that series against the Tritons. 15 on Friday and 15 in the two games of the doubleheader on Saturday. 45 runs in three games, pretty impressive. Move forward to April 25th, that Sunday at Blair, where the Gauchos were trailing in the series two games to one. The crazy ninth inning where the Gauchos come back to tie it in the top of the ninth, and then the bottom of the ninth, the Dirtbags put a couple runners on, and Clayton Hall induces the pop-up by Connor Cox to first base that doubles off uh, the base runner, gets the Gauchos out of the inning. And then Clayton goes on to, pretty sure it was Clayton Hall, goes on to complete the game and get the win because Christian Kirtley, three-run homer in the top of the 12th in a 5-5 game, his second homer of the game. And it was that go-ahead shot to left in the 12th. 
Then it was Michael McGreevy, 15 strikeouts against Cal Poly, fourth time in program history. The weekend after that against UC Irvine. Even though the Gauchos lost that series ultimately, but it was a big game on Friday. Gauchos led 6-5 on the home run by Cole Cummings going to the ninth. And eaters load the bases. Gauchos bring in Clayton Hall. Strands the bases loaded. Inherits a bases loaded no-out situation. Gets out of the jam. Gauchos win. Then, of course, it was Rodney Boone setting the strikeout record against Oklahoma State. Seven and a third, 11 strikeouts. In that same game, Marcos Castanon, five for six with a home run, five RBIs, three runs scored. And as I mentioned, he goes on to make the regional team, had 10 RBIs against Oklahoma State in those two games, and he batted 500 for the regional. And then Corey Lewis, the last big performance of the year. With the backs against the wall, you lose, you go home against the Cowboys. Eight innings, one run in that win to preserve the pen and allow the Gauchos to play one more game on that Sunday night. So those are your season accomplishments, your performances of the year. Let's see, we have some other things to add in here. We did have one Gaucho already sign a professional contract. McLean O'Connor, who did hit a grand slam after he returned. He hit that grand slam against Cal State Bakersfield the last week of the season. But he signed a contract this past week with the Missoula Paddleheads of the Pioneer Baseball League, which is a it's not a major league affiliate. It's a partner with the new minor league alignment so it's it's not affiliated with a team it's a it's a partner independent league uh, up in missoula montana but uh, mclean signing a contract with them he's played four games he's got two home runs and three rbis already and one of his teammates his former gaucho clay fisher who is on that squad and clay having a great summer so far hitting 345 with four doubles six home runs and 14 rbis so a 2016 College World Series gaucho tandeming with a 2021 gaucho, McLean O'Connor, up in Missoula. So that's pretty cool. Jordan Sprinkle playing for Team USA, collegiate national team this summer. That's pretty cool. Everybody's out playing summer ball now. Finals completed. We got players in the West Coast League. We got players all over the country. So we will check in with them at some point in the middle of July during the summer. David Tillotson coaching with the Corvallis Knights. He's got Nick Vogt on his team, so we'll check in with him. We know Nick Vogt off to a great start, hitting 400 with a homer. And we'll have an MLB report at some point as well throughout the middle of the year. Shane Bieber on the IL right now. Kyle Nelson, he's been kind of going back and forth. Dylan Tate, hopefully getting back to be healthy. So we'll have reports on those guys uh, at some point during the summer. And then, of course, the Major League Baseball draft, July 11th. That's a Sunday, July 11th through the 13th, 20 rounds for the Major League Baseball draft this year. And we do anticipate Michael McGreevy's name being called early on in that draft. So Make sure you tune into that 
for Gauchos getting picked. Okay, so it's been a great year. We passed 50 episodes of this podcast. We've had some great guests. We plan on having more great guests. I mean, the the season the season is a grind. It's it's very busy. You're I I use like to use my Mondays to clear my head and then do the podcast for Tuesday and then get ready for the next series during the week. So it's awfully busy. And we got into that nice routine. I hope you guys enjoyed having David and Spencer on and, and checking in with Jerry Fall and the coaching staff and hearing the interviews from the players. We'll try and keep that going once we start up fall again. And we'll try and get some new guests and try and hear some new voices for Gauchos that will come in for the fall. Gauchos will be back in September for fall ball. And hopefully we'll have some more improvements for Cesar Wasaka Stadium for next year, 2022. So it won't be as quite as busy of a podcast schedule for the 2021 summer since it's not a pandemic summer, thank goodness. But we will still keep tabs on the Gauchos and throw an update at, at you guys uh, throughout the summer. So keep your eye out for two or three pods uh, before we get to, to fall ball in September. So once again, uh, I really want to extend my thanks and my appreciation and my gratitude to everybody who is involved with this, everybody who is involved with the season, having baseball happen at UC Santa Barbara, the Chancellor, John McCutcheon, our great AD, and just everybody involved. It was a great year. It really was. It was really an unforgettable year. Uh, Another one, shocker, another unforgettable year with the Gauchos. I've had a blast with my 10 years, and uh, I'm looking forward to keeping it going. I'm excited for the summer, and I'm excited for for next year because there's going to be a lot of talented Gauchos coming back. And we got a great staff. We got a great thing going, and we're going to go win some more games. So until next time, go Chose. My name is Kevin Cannon. Thank you for listening. Please have a great summer.